I think one of the interesting things would be to talk about sort of our um, our our distance to wrestling in terms of um, our our sort of how how influential it was or how we experienced it, and then sort of a, a look at the slow dissol. Like I guess the I don't know I don't think it's become less popular, has it? I, mean, I don't know. No, like on a global scale, no, it's probably more popular than it's ever been. But in North America, I would say it's not as popular as it was maybe in the late '90s, early 2000s. Hey there, listeners, get ready to blow because you're with the Harmonica Brothers. Uh, I, I honestly wait. thought the intro was going to be something related to the topic. You're blowing with the Harmonica Brothers. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> um, wait, I thought, that was, I, was, I thought that's what I was doing this weekend. Never mind. Um, okay. You, I, it has gotten bigger in the middle, in the, in oh, all over the world, even though as I think its popularity has declined in North America. Um, like I'm growing up, like in the in the Gulf, like I did, re wrestling fucking huge. John Cena was at the height of his career, the height of his popularity, I should say, not his career necessarily. Did you used to be a fan of John Cena? No. Growing up, Me? you a fan of John Cena? No, I was always more of a fan of like, uh, uh, like The Rock, and earlier on, and then I was a fan of like Triple H for a very long time, um, and then I was, but for the mo majority of my my wrestling enjoyment. I've been a fan of um, the of Edge, like I think he's great. Edge is awesome, yeah. Probably because he's Canadian, I think, and because like uh, he pissed we off love Triple H. This, my cousin, this cousin I didn't get along with, great love Triple H. So like I always chose Edge because they weren't getting along at the time in real life. Uh, and I, I like wrestling sometimes. I still wa I I don't watch the actual episodes a hell of a lot nowadays. Occasionally I do like Raw or SmackDown, but most of the time I just watch like. Like uh, like highlights on YouTube and stuff. I don't even do that anymore. It, um, gr growing up uh, in the Middle East, no, was growing up in the Gulf. Growing up in the Gulf, it was huge. But I think a big part of the reason, like, if we talk about the popularity of wrestling, maybe why it's declined in North America, is it's become. I'm not going to say commercialized or corporatized because that happened pretty early on with the toys and shit. But it has become. It, it is bigger than what it was originally going to be. And Vince McMahon has sort of allowed for a lot of that. WWE mainly is what we're talking. I'm talking about here because um, it's so fucking massive in the golf, dude. Holy shit! Like the way in which like soccer, like when people watch a game between Real Real Madrid and Barcelona FC, is like as big as Raw is in the golf, like and SmackDown, uh, WWE specifically. Because they come on completely, it's it's PG thirteen, so you can get by a lot of the stuff. And also, yeah. I will say, you know, that's not why a lot of people watch it, but a lot of people in the Gulf watch it because it's the only way they're going to see like a woman scantily dressed. And I grew up in like Abu Dhabi, the most conservative part of the Gulf by any means. But that's a big I mean, part of the popular, even though they'll those live shows never get sh show um, or sort of have yeah. that same. Oomph in the middle I mean, when they released, and uh, yeah, to basically put a put a you know uh, emphasis on that point, Vince McMahon didn't become a billionaire just from American viewership and American dollars. Yeah, I'm really sure he's reached the billion mark. Yeah, yeah, for sure, he's over a billion. I didn't know that. I thought he was like. Um, I mean, I grew up as a fan, like you know, of, of the Attitude Era. So I was watching it in the late 90s when like Austin and Rock were at their height. And I mean, the amount of talent they had at that time is, you know, unreal. Like I said, you had Austin, Rock, Triple H, Undertaker, Mick Foley. I mean, uh, you know, a little later you had Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, you know, so I grew up as a fan of all these guys. Yeah, um, even guys down to like Hurricane. You remember Hurricane, the guy I who was a fan Hurricane. of the Green Lantern? Yeah, like Hurricane was these super guys had solid mic skills. Yeah, I, I actually remember uh, he beat The Rock once. Austin came in and uh, distracted uh, The Rock, and and uh, you know Hurricane managed to get the pinfall. Um, yeah, he was he was another good one. Like the whole roster, top of the top of the stack. but honestly, like the whole 
okay, maybe it's not quite at that level anymore, but there's a lot of talent on the roster, on WWE's roster now. There's a lot of talent just really on the rosters of a lot of different companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason that I can't really get into it as much anymore is just the stories, I just, they're, they're, they're boring now. It's, it feels very repetitious. Um, you get invested in certain wrestlers and then all of a sudden they're gone. Those that follow WWE news that a number of wrestlers were released recently, including like Braun Strowman and Aleister Black. And, you know, I was a fan of Braun Strowman, but it didn't really seem like they were interested in doing a whole lot with him. Um, yeah. but, I like, I love, I loved him when he came on the monster among men. I loved yeah. him when he would come on raw and, but he was, it just felt hackneyed. I found that they were prioritizing the storylines of weaker characters to say nothing of wrestling acumen. Everyone, like, regardless of what you look like in terms of like your level of athleticism, in terms of your, like your level of being cut, like the athleticism on display is amazing, but yes. they really, you, you should you should be putting the most athletic guys into the roles of the heroes and the heels. Like But I mean even Braun Strowman, I mean, for a guy his size, extremely athletic, extremely yeah. good in the ring. Um but yeah, it's like uh, there were a couple of times where I thought this is the chance for like him to, you know, really be pushed as like that top guy. Um, you know, a couple of times they put him in the ring with Lesnar and he lost to Lesnar. And last year they had him uh, go over uh, Goldberg. And um, I thought, you know, I mean, this time last year he was he was a universal champion and now he's gone. And so, I mean, if you a guy like that can can be let go, I mean, that's that's shocking. Right. But so, what I hear from what I hear about the WWE as a company, it's it's all money based. And um, the like phrase I've money. heard. The phrase I've heard is you're playing to an audience of one, and that audience is Vince McMahon. If McMahon doesn't are, like it, then it's not likely to happen. In my experience as a as a person who when I was when I when, when I watch sports, I watch I'm tr- I'm trying to focus as much on the thing and not on the whatever overarching thing is happening a lot of the time a lot of the buy-in is difficult now with raw especially because it's got a lot of like overarching meta plot that you need to really focus in on watch the whole episode like two three four weeks in a row to really get it um but once you're sort of past that and you're watching you i'm for me i'm doing research on like how does one do this not so i can how does one get into wrestling though and I think Wait, the, get into part, like being a wrestler or get yeah, into wrestler, getting doing the whole thing, getting on. And how do I get, how do I get in the ring with Brock Lesnar? That's the question, right? Mm-hmm. So what's that path? Like if you have no talent, you are nothing. If you keep kicking out like great actors from your studio or blackballing them. Like if, if, if suddenly China blackballs every major action movie star, guess what? No action movies are getting made. No good ones. Mm-hmm. Anymore, right. Or if they are, they're not making money domestically. So, like when it comes to WWE, I feel like they're just they're making the mistakes that a lot of people make when they start getting too big, right? Like when well, they've been doing that for a long time, though. Yeah, but maybe now with like the like as as Matt has spoken about off the podcast, like with so many people leaving recently, like the mm-hmm. past ten months. Yeah, like maybe it's maybe it's a reaching a critical mass i don't know i don't watch enough maybe i if i start that i think that was a shift when yeah i think there was a shift when um this happened after wwe bought wcw and that drama was probably the most i would say that has been the most dramatic and interesting thing that happened in wrestling ever when the two opposing companies when coke and pepsi literally fought each other and we're on the same TV or on the same screen at the same time. Holy crap! But yeah. ever since it became a monopoly, it the, the it just nobody cared. Like all the mm-hmm. actors were in the same spot. You couldn't be doing the same story on two different shows because mm-hmm. everybody was on one show. And you know, you know what it almost reminds me of? Like when the fact that for eight years Game of Thrones was the only fantasy show on TV, starting like this. Yeah. This- Starting this Christmas, there will be like no less than four major fantasy properties on TV. You got The Witcher, you got The Wheel of Time, you got the new Lord of the Rings show, and um, a couple others that I can't remember off the top of my head. And like that, like lots of lots of stuff. 
when you're there competing for my, as the viewer, as the consumer's attention, like that's what you want. That's what capitalism is. Yeah, I think that, that lack of competition though, I think it drained a lot of the viewers because they're just like, well, they've won. They don't have to try anymore. They're the only game in town. That's that's the biggest thing. I mean, and but it's not like there's no competition right now. Like there's AEW, there's Impact Wrestling, there's Ring of Honor. But I mean, New it's Japan. not. Pardon? New Japan is New a big Japan. one I keep hearing about. Less, it's less competition in the states, but I mean, it's globally, it's it's obviously competition. Um, but yeah, no, it was that period, the Monday Night Wars, when Austin and Rock were on top, that wrestling was most interesting. Now, a lot of people can say, because like back then there was a lot more blood and violence, and you know they were they were emphasizing more like you know sex appeal that kind of stuff than than they necessarily do now. And you know, the I think attitude era. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I said that's, yeah, I, I think I used that term before. Um, but, and you know, a lot of people say, you know, they should go back to the Attitude Era. And, I, you know, I, maybe some really are missing those elements. Um, but when I, when I talk about missing the Attitude Era, I'm not really thinking specifically about that. I'm thinking that there was a grittiness to it, and it felt like you could believe this was real. Th these guys really felt like, like they actually had animosity and that they were mm -hmm. fighting or that they really wanted to fight each other. And that's something I really don't feel that much of on raw or SmackDown anymore. I still feel it a lot in NXT. If you watch NXT, um, which, which, which triple H is kind of overseas. I, I think he, that, that, that has that kind of real competition feel. Um, you know, then I'll, ask you, Matt, Pardon? Th then I'll ask you, yeah. do you think that, the that the that raw grittiness to it comes from uh wrestlers being able to say whatever they feel their character needs to say or should say to uh, at another character do you think that's what that's what got lost from the attitude era i mean i'm that's certainly a big part of it now i don't know how much freedom guys in nxt are, are given so i can't really say if that's what makes the difference i can say for me, it feels like Raw and SmackDown are very overproduced. Everything has to be, seems like it, it, it's just so and, and very too polished almost. Um, and everything seems like it's over rehearsed and it just, it doesn't feel real anymore. And I, I feel like that's a little less true when it comes to NXT. Um, so for me, that that maybe is, is, at least in my mind, that's kind of what accounts for the difference. Now, it could be that the wrestlers are given more freedom. I know that that is important. I do think they need to be able to go out. You know, I assume they're, you know, they'd still be given like an outline of the points you need to get across. But to let the actual wrestlers, um, to actually let, let the wrestlers go out there and word it their own way in the way they think that they, their, their character should, I think mm -hmm. certainly if it's not being done, is something that that should be done was probably beneficial in getting guys like Austin and Rock and these guys over in the Attitude Era. The only guy that, the only guy that I'm really interested in right now, and for the longest time I wouldn't have believed I would ever say it because I wasn't really a big fan. But Roman Reigns right now is just doing a hell of a job, and he's he really his, yes his, his story now People that he's booed him. Yeah, but now that he's actually a heel, now that they've actually let him embrace oh. being a heel. Um, and he's got this whole storyline going on with his cousins and the Usos. That is compelling stuff. Um, but that's really the only thing I have any interest in watching. I put I, I put Friday Night SmackDown on just so I can see him um, and and what what he's going to do. Raw is so mind-numbingly dull. It's three hours, and I just don't feel like anything interesting ever happens. So Friday Night SmackDown, I'll probably go back to it then. So like my question, what I was going to bring up was, it almost makes me think the band you're talking about it. And the way in which we talk, we're, we've been talking sort of on the meta about WWE is if maybe a sort of a, a re-examination of the idea of wrestling would be in order. Like the character, I think every everything could be could remain. But for me, it almost feels like like the same reason like the Justice League movie didn't do well. It was overproduced. There was too much corporatism in it. Like almost if Vince McMahon took like his hand off his took his foot off the gas. And you you settle it in, and you have it padded by some cash. Like you stay you stay up here as the NFL as there as, and you get involved if there's like an, an inter team dispute. Other mm -hmm. than that, you let everyone else handle it, and you still keep everything else the same. Um, and again, you give I think 
them that freedom because they they keep they one thing when I was got into it around the time Matt and I met because of what Matt spoke to me about and then I fell out of it again I fell out of it again because the majority of Raw was and I saw a little bit of SmackDown but the majority of Raw it was just like it was like snore holy crap why are we why do you keep pushing guys like Elias when everyone just wants to see the new day and uh, the shield. And yet what's his guts is still out with his knee problem. And you keep teasing the shield and you bring, what's the, the third guy in the shield. Well, not, Dean Ambrose who now wrestles as John Moxley in AEW. Um, and then the other Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is still a hero in, in raw or is he? On well, he's a heel on SmackDown now. Okay. Um, he's so, been a heel for. Well, close. Actually, I don't, I don't even remember now, but he's been a heel for a while. So, so then what's my thing is though, if you're going to make it, if it's going to be good, it needs to at least feel like there's time to breathe. Like the reason I, the, one of the reasons I stopped watching was cause like we fucking get it. You're not going to like, we are going to keep drawing out a Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns fight until an event comes along. That was awful. That went on for too yeah, long. I know. I know. And like, and a guy like Brock Lesnar too, like if I'm going to be watching it and I'm going to be waiting, fuck, I'm waiting for Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar to fight too. But at least with Braun Strowman, he's got personality. He has pizzazz and he's got showmanship. He's got all the things you want to see from a good wrestler. Right? Like with, uh, uh, with Roman Reigns, I think you you get a lot of that, like, I'm entitled to this thing. I, I think a lot of people kind of, they they, they, they put that on him because they're kind of no, upset, no. like. Well, no, what I'm saying is, but I like it. I'm saying it's a good thing. Oh, okay. When you, when you fully embrace what make what people don't like and that, and you are playing the villain. Oh, like, that's exactly what he's doing yeah. right now. When, when like, I've, I've always found Braun Strowman to be the anti-villain. Right, he is the he is the monster among men because of his size and his his personality and the the manner in which he is when he's in the ring. But he's not doing it just to be bad. Brock Lesnar's only there because his because he's a good fighter and they pay him a lot. You get the UFC crowd, right? That's right. I'm calling you out, Brock Lesnar. What's what's sad is you I'm mean Brock Lesnar. If you watch Brock Lesnar in his first run between 2000 and 2004, and even when he first came back in 2012, 2013, I mean, there's no question. He's an amazing wrestler. But for some yeah. reason, he got into this habit of, like, only doing suplexes, essentially. And, because he takes people to Suplex City. And you know what? The first time I saw that, and even the second time I saw that, and when I saw him do that to John Cena, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Because you you, were, you saw him do that to Roman Reigns, and at the time, people were upset about Roman Reigns being pushed the way he was. And when, when, when you saw him do it to Roman Reigns, it was cool. When you saw him do it to John Cena, it was cool, because nobody had ever done that to Cena. But then they, he really should have gone back to wrestling the style he was before, where he's where you're seeing that 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 amateur background he's got but he just kept doing these same moves over and over again match after match and it got really old and by the time we got to that feud he had with Roman Reigns every match was identical almost and yeah. I had to stop watching it for a few months at that point because it was so dull um but again I'm, I'm not so many I'm not getting why is it is it just because they want them to be comfortable you want your wrestlers to be comfortable I have no idea I'm, I'm getting to yeah. say no I'm not about that because why are so many wrestlers why do they wear so many so much clothing nowadays right like, yeah. I remember the most clothing on a wrestler was like John Cena in his like Janko jean jorts right <laughs> like I mean, that was a lot of them just wear trunks. Who, are you, who are you thinking of I'm thinking of like Roman Reigns, like with his like flak vest and pants. Oh, don't wear that bra. anymore. Now that he's a heel, he uh, he changed his look up a little bit. He doesn't wear the vest. He just goes shirtless. He still got his like tactical oh. pants. So Roman in like his combat in his combat pants, combat boots, and vest. Or yeah, he, he he was still wrestling like or that. Or like people in like there's like some guy in like a cut off t shirt and like basketball shorts. I saw once. Like or Elias wears oh, Elias works. I, he get he's got an aesthetic. He's hairy. He's kind of like a he's kind of a teddy bear. He's got the jeans and the cowboy boots. I think, it, I think it just depends on the, the angle that the character is really pushing. But more well, I, I think it's a balance. And I think this goes no, back to your, your side note. 
Yeah, no, I, but I think this, I think it, both of those points lead to a bigger thing that I wanted to get at. And that was um, the balance between the behind the scenes booking and story writing, who's going to win the match and how, or, you know, who's fighting who and how uh, they're going to win the match. And the improvisation of the, the, what was I going to call it? The talent. Uh, and I mean, it's so bizarre. Uh, like two of my favorite moments are pure talent moments. And they are one, The Rock and Steve Austin singing Jimmy Buffett uh, in yes, the ring. Just before Survivor Series 2001. I remember that. Yeah. It, when I saw it the first time, I was so dumbfounded by what the hell I was watching. I'm like... They're really old. just standing around singing a song. Like at the first five minutes, they're just swiping the mic back from each other and riling up the crowd. Then they start singing Jimmy Buffett. Then The Rock, uh, what is it? Does he do a Stone Cold Stunner or something? He like does, what does a rock bottom? Like they're like he does a rock bottom. Hands, and he's like he's like, oh, one more thing. The Rock will never ever forget. And exactly. It was it was the most absurd thing. And the other thing that I really, really loved out of recent wrestling, and by recent I mean in the last probably five years, was the Daniel Bryant vegan belt. He was yeah. so he did not want to wear a leather belt because he was a vegan. So he made his own vegan belt. And then he started just walking into the auditorium, shit talking people eating hot dogs and slapping food out of fans' hands, saying that is processed animal carcass you were eating you need to be vegan like me and like i love the fact that he's turned a good thing into being a heel i love that and so it's moments like that that really of of creativity that captured me or captured my attention and i feel like those got taken away like only time only other time i went back to see what happened and and recap was the pipe bomb incident or uh with cm punk when he literally threw a tantrum grabbed a mic and basically just started spilling secrets yeah. of behind the scenes stuff to the point where they cut his mic and and like even CM punk again why does his name sound familiar what does he look like uh he is uh he his thing was being straight edge so he had like these these uh, wraps around his hand and there would be a big X on them. Like you would get at a club when you're not drinking or you were underage. So his whole thing was clean living or something like that. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, like when they break the fourth wall or when characters just get like, when it goes to moves to absurdity, like another moment was um, Austin used to have a beer truck where he used like steal Zamboni and crash it into the ring. Kurt Angle did that with a milk truck yep. and hosed the ring down with milk because yep. he doesn't drink. He was an Olympic athlete. Like stuff like that was freaking hilarious. I mean, for it, me, basically, all most of my favorite moments revolve around Stone Cold. He was, you know, he was my favorite wrestler growing up. He's still my favorite wrestler. Um, I was lucky enough to meet him at a Comic Con. Um, and uh, yeah, the beer truck was awesome. The the Zamboni thing, like you mentioned, was awesome. Hitting uh, McMahon in the head with a bedpan in the hospital. Yeah, the, uh, the his whole you know interaction with Mike Tyson, um, but also yeah. like pretty much all of the Rock's promos are hilarious. Um, but you know if I'm if I'm thinking more recently, um, there was in, in 2016 into 2017, uh, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho were uh, kind of like a tag team. They they referred to each other as, as they, like they were each other's best friends, uh, and they did this this friend this festival of friendship in the ring where like uh, Jericho had like all, all you know all these gifts for Kevin Owens and everything and you know into ultimately it was it was where they ended up splitting apart um, at the end of the segment but that segment was awesome and really their, their their whole interactions in that whole period where they were together was awesome and that was probably the most recent thing that I was just a huge fan of and was like you know you know I, I want to see what happens next because it's amazing. Um, well, I guess that's not true because I'm I am a I am a fan of what Roman Reigns is doing right now. But outside of that Roman Reigns stuff, that that the the best friends thing between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho was was my favorite recently. Oh, CM Punk, right? I rec yeah, he was in a couple episodes of the 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 challenge, uh, oh, which is an MTV. He also he also competed in the UFC twice. He did. Yeah, that's uh, how he did that. I gotta ask you guys if you watched the digital WrestleMania 
uh, that was under lockdown. No. WrestleMania, that was last year. It's the one in 2020. That, yeah. Oh, some of it, it's the first time. Here, here's the other thing why I think sometimes wrestling now is hard to watch. And I, I touched on it briefly before. You've got Raw, which is three hours. Until last year, until 2020, WrestleMania had gotten up to being like seven hours long, six to seven hours long. Yeah. It was it was impossible even to, to sit through the entirety of like at home. Um, and, and especially when they're not at their, you know, creative best, that length of time can, can really kind of exacerbate kind of the situation, make things seem even duller than they otherwise would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, I thought of it because last year when they did the digital WrestleMania, the virtual, well, I mean, they were there performing, but you know, everybody was just watching on, on TV. That was the first time they did it two years, sorry, um, two nights, a, a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, they did. Which, which definitely helped. Um, they did the same thing this year, which I think is a, is a step in the right direction as well. Um, both were pretty good. My favorite WrestleMania is always going to be WrestleMania 17 back in 2001. You had uh, TLC, Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys versus that was um, a classic. versus uh, the Dudley Boys. They still play like that one shot where Edge jumps off the ladder, spears Jeff Hardy and off the, you know, Jeff Hardy's hanging onto the belt. Edge spears him and they land in the center of the ring. They still play that, that um, over and over again. You had Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon in what, what turned out to be a really good match. And of course, the main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock, the second of their three encounters um, where Austin turned heel. That's always going to be my favorite. But yeah, I did watch, I, I, you know, I, I still watch WrestleMania. Um, every year, um, but they don't. That, that Cena match, though, that John Cena versus uh, what was his name, the Ray Creeper, Wyatt? the uh, Wyatt, yeah, that was uh, some no, but Wyatt was possessed by some demon, right? Yeah, the fiend, the fiend, the fiend. The, that the, was some meta awesome stuff, man, because they pushed the boundaries of of um, I want to say like avant garde theater and wrestling together and it really created this meta artistic look at john cena's career and the and the echoes of hulk hogan and the rock that that he was a part of and it was just like wow this is this is art like they've they've gone into that you know it was like that scene from space odyssey where the colors just start flashing by his eyes uh and it was just like Oh, this is the space they've gone into now for for wrestling. That was that was a, a very well well done, very well uh, put together match, and I think that's ultimately what comes down. You know what what the biggest issue maybe facing uh, the WWE right now is there seems to be a lot of times a lack of creativity for whatever reason. Like we seem to see mm-hmm. the same storylines repeat a lot. We seem the same wrestlers pushed. They seem to. You know, I, I guess maybe because there's less freedom in terms of what you can say on the mic. Again, nobody really knows what the backstage situation is. Like, you can read all these different reports and you get pieces mm-hmm. of it, but nobody really knows. But it does seem like maybe it's a little more scripted, so there's, less, you know, less differentiation in, in the verbiage that the different, you know, wrestlers are using. So it, 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 it kind of becomes a bit monotonous. But creative things like that, that match you're talking about, uh, was was a highlight of that show. Um, don't get me started on the way they book the fiend. Um, this was a great character that, man, they they've just booked incorrectly. Is is wrestle is is WrestleMania is WWE still fully wholly scripted in its entirety? Who wins? Who loses? All of it. Well, that I think that's true of every company. Uh, the, the winners and losers are all the, and losers. The winners and losers are always predetermined. Okay. The yeah. problem I, is, I have, that, like, I have like semant, not semantic. I have like how that works. Like, you're making more money if you're the champion, correct? I don't know if that's true because or like everyone's salaried if you're talent. You're, I mean, talent you're making. If you're the champion, you're making. You're certainly making more money than than I would assume some people are because you're being pushed more and you're a bigger part of the show, but it doesn't make, mean you're the top guy. Like Austin spent most of his time on top chasing the title um, instead of being the champion, but he would have been probably getting paid more than anybody else because he was the top guy. Um, so I, I don't really know how, how Wrestle- yeah. wrestlers are independent contractors working with the Federation. So a lot of the money they make comes from merchandising from whatever heard and understand they get yeah i think in terms of what they earn that's 
like like they're they're signed to the contract like whatever contract they are and then i think that's like their downside guarantee so if they you know they could they could earn more depending on what their merchandising sales or or things are but they're guaranteed this much and i don't think it changes just because we decide to put the belt on you um mm-hmm. okay. yeah so like my, think. yeah my, my most memorable moment is probably something from a couple years back um when i was watching consistently randy orton made an appearance on raw and he it was involved jeff hardy do you guys know what i'm talking about or randy orton jeff hardy jeff hardy wears gauges yeah on his ears but he wasn't wearing them that day and randy orton put his finger in the ear hole i know what you're talking about and it was obviously like he was squeezing it was like taut and squeezing obviously there was no real danger of course it's fake but whole i knew it was fake and i'm like Ah, I just I felt it. I felt it in my nipples. It was like, oh my god! It was. You say that in a good way or a bad way? In a bad way, obviously. Okay, just making sure. His finger was in the earlobe, inside of it. Oh, that's but like. It's funny because like, it's wholly scripted. I know, and I think when you when they're writing it, it's almost like if you're you have a set thing. It's like what you just said, Matt. Not just said, but earlier on. Like you have a set things, hit these story beats, make it seem good or easy or however we need to make the fight seem as natural as possible. Yeah, you and I, as those two, as those two wrestlers, need to work on this together. But ultimately, there should be plenty of improv in the ring, just so it feels natural. Oh yeah, they they practice, but they also have that improv. Is the problem that maybe? There, there could be more improv, or is it like, or is the problem more so like the the story is too much of like the the writers and Vince McMahon on high saying, I want we need this guy to be the next champion because he's the most bankable. I think, I, think there, I, I think there should be more improv when it comes to uh, like promos. Again, this is just my opinion, um, but I think there should be more more improv when it comes to promos. I don't know how much. I think there's probably still a lot of calling things on the fly in the ring. Maybe I don't know, and I can't really say whether one would be one way is better than the other because I've never been in the ring and it looks. I can't even imagine how you get into the kind of shape where you can like wrestle and move at that speed nonstop for like thirty minutes and like, be that size. Yeah. Moving fast is one thing. Being that size is something else. Or having that much stamina. Having that much stamina is yeah. kind of mind blowing to me. So I can't really speak to how they should be doing things in the ring or. or yeah, it's funny. Like actually, promos should seem more natural than they do. At least, at mm-hmm. least that, that, that's that's my opinion. Um, and I think there needs to be. It, it almost seems like a lot of times the company isn't listening as much to to what the fans want. Now, again, this is probably this has been you know said by like loads of people online, and how much how much of it is actually true. We don't know, but it does seem like I agree with you there because I think that might be the biggest and longest feud of all wrestling is the fans versus Vince McMahon. Um, it seems like it, and it wouldn't have been true, I don't think, back in the Attitude Era when we were talking about how there was all this competition, R- right? You you had to listen to the fans because you needed them to tune in. Um, but I think maybe since that competition has kind of disappeared. And again, even though there is competition that, that, that's not that, that, that really, you know, the competition now is not the same as it was in the nineties. WCW was beating WWE for like 83 weeks. They beat them in the ratings on Monday nights. That was the first time WWE had taken that sort of a beating. Yeah. Before. And uh, the never competition they're, they're up against now is not, is nothing like that, at least at the moment, yeah. but you had to listen to the fans. And I don't think since then, They've listened as 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 closely to what the fans. Well, I gotta ask you then, Matt. Do you think that the fans becoming more aware of how wrestling works has changed the way wrestling has had to operate? Like you can't just you can't just have the referee turn around as as easily anymore. And like people are just like, yeah, we've seen that one before, or yeah, we know that's gonna happen. Like, do you think that the fact that the fans know uh, they've they've peeked behind the curtains more or less. So, do you think that knowing the secret recipe has influenced the way uh, has influenced their expectations? I would say it it depends. In terms of it, you know, knowing that okay, there's going to be a ref bump, the heel is going to cheat, 
Um, you know, there, there's probably going to be a rematch. I don't, I don't think that hampered the enjoyment that, that audiences can, can kind of come away with when, they, when they're watching wrestling. It just kind of plays into how they think the storylines are going to progress. But those can be part of logical storyline progressions. And mm -hmm. I think that even if you're expecting it, as long as it makes sense, it's still enjoyable. Agreed. I think now the fact that people know so much more about the backstage or they think they know so much more about the backstage, you know, politics and, and what's going on. I think that can hamper the enjoyment because instead of just taking things, uh, you know, for what they are, maybe the way they used to, you know, people mm -hmm. are pulling it apart and saying, well, he's only in this position because of this, or, you know, he's only getting pushed because they like him and they don't like this guy. And that can kind of take away from, um, from enjoyment. And certainly it's much harder to surprise an audience. If you're talking, yeah. you know, if you're somebody who, who, who mo and most of your enjoyment comes from being surprised, that's going to be much harder um, to achieve because if you go on any wrestling website now, even if you don't mean to look for, you know, spoilers or whatever, you're bound to come across, you know, info about what the plan might be or who might be coming mm -hmm. back. And that I think can have a detrimental effect. Um, but knowing the typical kind of tropes that they use in wrestling, I don't think is bad so long as they're used in a logical way. The, the worst thing is I would rather see something I expect that makes sense than something I don't expect. But the reason I don't expect it is because it's like bizarre and really mm -hmm. no sense. Cause I find that just infuriating. And that's not just true of wrestling. That's true of any kind of fiction that I consume. Things have to Fair make point. Have have either of you listened to any wrestling podcasts? Oh yeah, all the time. Because I because the thing is, I gotta say, man, these guys are great storytellers when they're on the mic, and when they're on the mic. Uh, what I meant to say was when they're on stage and when they're when they're telling stories off stage, these guys know how to tell some amazing stories, and the industry is just filled with some very fascinating. Yes. Uh, biographies and and events and occurrences and whatnot. I got and the thing is with fans learning so much about the wrestlers themselves, the industry, the way it is, and everything. I, I feel like that's taken a toll on the way people. Like you were saying, like it's taken a toll on the way people enjoy it. That that is interesting, and you know, I didn't think about it when I was answering your question, but the fact that there's so much content showing who these guys are in real life. Yeah. That can that can have a detrimental effect on the product, especially if in they're they're in the middle of a story where they're being portrayed a certain way. But then I put mm. on like you know a documentary on the net on the WWE Network or something, and all of a sudden you know I'm seeing them how they really are. Now obviously we know these are all characters yeah. we're playing, but there needs to be that suspension of disbelief. And if this person is in a major story and they're acting a certain way, it's kind of hard to have that suspension of disbelief when at the same time there's this whole documentary showing them in their daily lives and yeah. so i think that can that can have a, a, a yeah. impact on people's lives. i heard a story once that vince mcmahon almost fired two guys because they were seen having a beer at the bar when they were feuding on stage so he was just like no you are not supposed to uh you are not supposed to be seen in public together because it throws off the image of what's going on inside the ring so I thought that was that was really weird I, uh, at the time, but now I'm just like, yeah, that makes that makes a bit of yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that story specifically, but I when you listen to these wrestling podcasts and all this kind of stuff, you know, it does sound, especially you know, before you get to that attitude era, um, what they call kayfabe was 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 big, like keeping up the illusion. If you were heels, at least this is what wrestlers have said in interviews, you didn't ride in this. Like if if you were a heel and he was a face, even if you were friends, you didn't ride in the same car. Because it was all about keeping up that illusion. Now, maybe mm. that's taking it one step too far. But still, I think maybe, you know, especially maybe if this person is featured in a, in a key storyline, maybe don't immediately show, you know, you know, have, have backstage interviews with them while this storyline is going on. Just try and keep a little bit of a separation between reality yeah. and fiction. Um, the in WWE, do they talk about the properties that some people appear at like on SmackDown because Sasha Banks on SmackDown right now. Yeah. Right? Is I'm crazy how like they raw lost all their best fucking people. 
Well, she just she just she was in she was in one of the two main events at WrestleMania against Bianca Belair. Hell of a match. I mean, that's something that's that's dramatically improved in the last like six seven years. Uh, you know the 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 quality of 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 women's wrestling. I mean, yeah, it's it's um, amazing now. It's but so she my, was on the Mandalorian. She was. Yeah. yeah. That's my question. Okay, that was her. Okay, Do they okay. mention the fact that she was on the Mandalorian when she comes back, or no, when they're no, they don't. No, that would be cute. I, I, I don't yeah. know what determines whether they they talk about their outside products or not, or, or projects or not. I don't think they're allowed to because I think that breaks their character unless they're pitching a movie. Um, because I know that they would have. New days on SmackDown now too. What? Uh, well, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods are on Raw, and Big E's on SmackDown. They split up the New Day. Although for once, I'm glad they didn't like have them implode. They just went their oh, separate man. ways, and when they're I'm, on the same show, they hang out. Okay, so let's for me and for the listener, where should I? I want to start with SmackDown again. Where? How many episodes should I go back to start uh, watching? Honestly, I, I when, when when I've fallen off and 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 come back, I just start watching from wherever they are. They recap all the time. Yeah, more than a Naruto episode. That's the other thing. There's way too much recapping now. If you're just looking at recent stuff, just start watching from now. And I would say. For me, just it's just SmackDown, and it's really just the Roman Reigns stuff. But yeah, if you want to go back and watch the stuff from the Attitude Era, so like when you were like two, uh, with Austin <laughs> and Austin, that's like the height of the Attitude Era. Definitely go back and watch that because you know those guys. That was some of the off. craziest stuff that I had ever seen, and even to this day. I, uh, and Sam, I really do recommend. Um, uh, documentary on the Monday Night Wars because yeah, also on the it episode, was yeah. it was some really intense television competition uh, for its time. And uh, did they even like talk about that sort of stuff on the news at all or anything? Because I felt like it almost leaked out of um, it almost leaked out of sort of this fantasy world into the mainstream. Like when Superman died, and they had to and the, like they actually published it on the news. It was just like, oh, Vince McMahon has bought his competition. I well that that may have, but I know like when when Austin and Tyson had that confrontation in '98, that you know that was on you know news outlets and stuff. So there were right. certain things that happened in that period that yeah did kind of like break out into the mainstream, and that's probably why these guys became such big stars. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean yeah like there and there's and there's so many matches like like if if we've got listeners who don't know like where to start with matches. Although if, I can't imagine if you, if you don't watch wrestling, then you're probably not listening to this episode. Um, but like, you know, Stone Cold versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13, Stone Cold versus The Rock at WrestleMania 17, uh, Edge versus Mick Foley at WrestleMania 22. I, honestly, I could go on forever. So Hogan like, versus Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior WrestleMania 6. I memorized yeah. the choreography to that when I was six years old. That's a big match. I mean, Hell of an the biggest match of all time is like Hogan versus Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three when Hogan gets Andre the Giant up and slams him. That's right. Um, so weird for me when I find out I'm taller than a wrestler. I'm taller than Seth Rollins. What the fuck? Are you really okay? By an inch. In terms of like 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 recent stuff, honestly, I really liked uh, you know like the, like I said the Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair match at WrestleMania this year was really good. The Roman Reigns Edge Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania was really good. I mean, those are two matches just from this year to start out. And just put watch NXT because NXT is awesome. Like the matches are great, and I yeah, I don't know, man. I can't I can't get into it. The thing is, one thing about wrestling that I that kind of still turns me off from it right now is um, how I have to dedicate weekly time to it and go by their schedule because I'm not used to that anymore. Like I'm not used to watching television with commercials anymore. Right. I I watch YouTube videos of highlights of things, or I watch, um, or I watch, uh, or I stream everything, and I do binges. Like, there's no wrestling version of that. I, I think that that well, none that I would I would could get into anytime soon. Right. Um, and you know I, that that actually could be another reason why maybe there's fewer people tuning in on a weekly basis. Possibly. People don't watch uh, TV like that anymore. I mean possible yeah um but like and but beyond wwe like you know i've been watching AEW recently which is another promotion that started up in the i've heard they're going to do cross promotional stuff like the small um promotions like new japan yep. nx not nxt 
No, uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, um, AEW, and, and another. Impact and Wrestling. The, Impact. Uh, yeah, the uh, Kenny Omega is the um, world champion in AEW. He's yes. also the world champion in Impact Wrestling. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing cross-promotional stuff. Uh, Christian is really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, I mean, like, I feel like the only way I could really get into it is if I was there at the beginning. Because I got to see – I have. I feel like I got to see everything from the beginning. I just know that, like, when – like, whenever – I'm not a huge fan. I love D&D streams, but I'm not a huge fan of, like, Wizard of the Coast's, like, main D&D streams. They're the mm. public D&D. I'm going to get to get to why this is relevant. Whenever Xavier Woods is on, because he's on a lot, yeah. he's been on a fair amount, I always tune in. Because yeah. he is, he, most, the entire New Day, he's the only one I've seen, like, outside of wrestling. Um, like, he's just, he's so full of life, and he's so, like, enjoyable to watch yeah. that, um, you know, I think a lot of them who have, like, taken on sort of larger-than-life personas without having to leave wrestling. Yeah. Like, The Rock is like one of the most fall is like, I think the most followed man on Instagram, he is that own. That's not because of wrestling. It's no, not part of it. Partly right. There's partly, some people yes, from wrestling. A lot of his fame came from his popularity and his wrestling. Of course, yeah. that's yeah. like, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that's not true, but the like the rest of it came from Moana. <laughs> well, um, but like a lot of the, I don't know. I think I think we're talking in circles now, but I just think the last thing I would say is after leaving you guys to it for the last couple of minutes is I think the uh the main thing to take away is that like it's this really great feeder for some really great performers. I think Dave Batista's like it goes Dave Batista, The Rock, John Cena uh, in that order for Oh, in terms of acting? In terms of acting chops. Like The Rock has been in more stuff. He's been like he's been around in acting longer, but Dave Batista like I get they, he, I get like I could see Dave Bautista walking up and winning an Oscar one day. I couldn't see that for The Rock. I'm okay, serious. he is he is going to be in the new Dune, so we'll have to see. Um, but you know what? Don't sell The Rock short because he's been on uh, Saturday Night Live twice. Oh, and yeah. he's everybody else. <laughs> yes, he he joins the he joins the likes of Elon Musk. As host for as host. oh low well, blow I'm... low blow hey the rock the rock played a character where he won the most evil villain most evil super villain uh, award okay it was one of the funniest skits I'd seen in a while has John Cena hosted Probably. SNL Probably. I think he would be a great host I don't know John Cena's got a good sense of humor um, John Cena has hosted SNL. Oh okay I gotta go back and watch that episode he hosted but he was he was John Cena the wrestler. I yeah, that's fine. Hard. That's fine. You mean as opposed to John Cena, the actor? Well, yeah, I think he was playing John, as opposed to John Cena, the periodontist. Oh, he dressed. He dressed up as uh, as Fabio. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, okay. I gotta watch that episode. He's he's great at making at playing the buffoon. He really is. But see, I mean, that's the other thing, right? And this is the thing, that's kind of, but uh, I was going to say, the, you know, the thing that's kind of beyond the control of any wrestling company is sometimes you've got a bigger, like you can have guys who are amazing in the ring, but there's only a select few that truly have that larger than life personality, that real it factor. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's out of the control of a wrestling company in terms of how many of these guys you've got. I mean, that you had, you had, you had so many in the attitude era was just, it's just yeah, and a, yeah. It's one of the things like you you don't predict. You can predict talent. You can you can like you can look at the fact that you know LeBron James was recruited when he was sixteen before he like at a high school basketball court, but you couldn't have predicted that level of just star power. You know, right. maybe not LeBron James is a great example. I think Michael Jordan is a better example. And, and that's the other right. thing because these these you know guys like that can take that mundane material that we're complaining about. And actually turn it into something good because they're that charismatic. So, you know, if you had a whole r roster of guys like, you know, Rock, you know, maybe they'd be able to turn what we think, you know. No, I think that's a bad right thing. I think that's a bad thing to have because I, I think what made these guys pop was they found a way to stand out. And well, even I, the Rock started, I remember Rock's heel turn and it was 
it was so sweet. It was delicious. Um, because he went from being, huh? Which heel turn are you talking about? I'm talking about when he first started, he started as Rocky Maya Villa. Yeah. Okay. And he he wanted to be, he wanted to be like, he was the, they put him up as a face. Yeah. People had, people started chanting, die Rocky, die. And then he, he got fed up and he turned. And when he turned and see what, how do you spell Maya Villa? And I have no idea. I am M-A-I-V-I-A. Oh, yeah, I was right. Okay. And then he... And then oh, he my returned. gosh. That's right. I forgot about that. With the blue and the feathers. Yep. And he turned. Look at that. And, Jerry curl. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he turned on the audience for turning on him, and that's exactly what he said. He's like, I gave these people everything, and they turned on me. And yeah. he... Yeah. And then... um. People fell in love with it instantly yeah. when he got that swagger, that charisma. He had the style of Razor Ramon. He had the eyebrow. No, I don't think anybody's had an eyebrow like that. Yeah. Um, and he had that. He had the, the uh, I would say he had the gimmick lines of Chris Jericho. Like, the. I think, do you smell what The Rock is cooking is probably one of the most recognizable uh, catchphrases since I didn't do it or don't have a cow, man. Um, or even, or even, um, was what was Jericho's, um, uh, the Ayatollah of rock and Arola. Yeah. Well, Jericho's um, had so many incarnations that he's had so many. When he, this was also back true. when he was teaming with Kevin Owens, he had this list and he would write people's names down on it. Like, you just made the list. Um, that was a great period as well. Uh, very underrated. Yeah. Very, very underrated. I think underrated. I might be going back to look at the Attitude Era right now. Because for me, a lot of I don't know a lot of the storylines. I haven't seen a lot of it. So essentially yeah. doing a binge watch of the history was kind of, I'm going to be watching the Attitude Era and Neon Genesis Evangelion. Now, I think we should practice this. <laughs> you know, be, growing up in the, in the with the Attitude Era, we tend to look back on it with, you know, you know, rose-colored glasses. That, that's the mm-hmm. term. Yeah. Yep. Um, there is a lot of good stuff. And they had talent with, you know, just amazing charisma. There is a lot of garbage in it, though, as well. So yep. being able to revisit it. It was the 90s. Pick and choose what you're watching, you know, um, I, I think is is, is, is very helpful. Um, and, and certainly the one thing that, another thing that has gotten better over time, I mean, the in-ring product, I mean, now is is amazing in terms of the mm-hmm. criticism. Again, I, I still think it, sometimes it feels a little too, you know, I, yeah. choreographed and, and you don't feel that, that, that same kind of like, oh, these guys are in a real fight, but the athletics mm-hmm. off the charts. Yeah. Adam Copeland was also awesome in Vikings. He was in the last season. He was great. So this has been uh, one heck of a conversation. Take out, Matt. I, I can't believe we finally got to talk about wrestling. We're going to have to do this again because one hour is not enough for me to talk about my love of professional wrestling. But uh, that's for another time. Uh, thanks for listening.